Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. You have to fight through some bad days to earn the best days of your life. If you caught Lauren McKinley's first episode on our podcast, then you know she went through a long and painful battle with infidelity in her first marriage. By the end of that episode, you also learned that she is remarried with a new baby, her ex is remarried to the woman he cheated on her with, but that they're all working together to co-parent the magical little girl they share. We know that being tethered to your ex through your kids is one of the hardest parts of the divorce journey for so many of you. Lauren gets it, and we hope her ability to find the best ways to work together with people who hurt her for her daughter's benefit will help you find ways to make your own situations better too. We love Lauren, and we're so glad to have her back on. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure you subscribe to keep up with the new episodes we're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so join our Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce, to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more at worthy.com slash podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Lauren. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com podcast to learn more. You guys loved Lauren as much as we did the last time she was on, and so we are so excited to be welcoming her back to the podcast. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you, Audrey. I'm so excited to be back with you. It's such a blast. And, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about how people have been coming to you saying, oh, I heard you on the Worthy podcast. And we've been so lucky to have you in our Facebook group chatting with people and sending people our way. And it's just, it's so great when we can build our community and widen it with amazing people like you. So we're so, so excited to be doing this second episode. So Lauren, For people who maybe didn't catch you on the first episode you did with us or who might not be familiar with your story, can you give a little bit of an introduction to who you are? Sure. I am Lauren McKinley. I run an online community called Her Soul Repair for Women Healing from Divorce. I am an author, and my book tells the story of my first marriage and what helped me thrive after infidelity. I am also a wife and a mom of two. And Lauren, the last time you were on, we talked a lot about your book. So if anyone is curious, I mean, first of all, everyone can read it and we'll link to it again at worthy.com slash podcast. But you can go back and hear a little bit of not just her book, but her story. And basically what we learned about you is that you were married and there was infidelity. You had a daughter with your first husband. You ended up divorcing. And now I feel like I want to make you tell the story of how you met your your current <laughs> husband again because it's so it's just the best. <laughs> It is my favorite story as well. Uh, My ex-in-laws introduced me to my now husband at a country western dive bar. It's the best story. (laughs) Now you're in a wonderful marriage with a wonderful man and you have a little boy together. Yes, we have an eight-month-old son. 
And so maybe you can catch us up on what is going on with your ex right now, who he is with. So my ex-husband ended up getting married to uh, the other woman in our story. And we don't refer to her like that anymore because she's <laughs> now my daughter's bonus mom. That's her present day label, uh-huh. my daughter's bonus mom. So we all interact all the time. We are united in terms of how we parent our daughter. Mm-hmm. And so they are very much in my life still and will be in my life you know, for a long, long time to come because we have our daughter. Our daughter's only six. And yes, that is our present day status. (laughs) So I think Lauren is so loved by our audience and her audience because she has really, really been through it. I'm telling you, if you didn't hear the first episode and you're not familiar with her story, you're going to think like, oh, it couldn't have been that bad if they're all able to work together. And here we are talking about co-parenting and you're going to see that like it's really coming from such a positive place. But it took a lot to get here. I mean, one of the things that we really focused on the last time you were on was forgiveness and how that helped you move on and how that's kind of a priority for you. So, you know, like I was saying, what you went through was not like, well, we were friends and we just decided we weren't in love anymore and everything's okay and we're really close. Like it was not, (laughs) it was not like a, a happy ending. It was really hard for you and you had a lot of pain, but you found ways to kind of package it in ways that helped you embrace your fresh start. Right. So I want to know, for people who who don't know this part of you, how can you explain how you were able to go through that experience, which, you know, a lot of our listeners are going through and getting over right now too, and, you know, focus on forgiveness and find the courage to build a healthy relationship with your ex and the woman he cheated on you with? Well, like you said, the details that led to our divorce were by no means easy or fluffy. It was not one of those like, well, we just thought it would be best to part ways. Like it was a very hard and devastating time for myself and our family. But when things kind of progressed toward divorce and it looked as if my ex was going to have a future with this woman, I just thought, okay, I think forgiveness is my only option. Even if it was totally not deserved, it was for my own personal peace. Like I think of that kind of cheesy cliche quote, unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. Have you heard that quote? Yeah. It's so true, and I think it's one of the reasons that you really were able to build the happiness that you have in your life today because you you found a way to not carry around the toxicity with you. There's no poison, you know? Right. And it really was for my own peace. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to live with that bitter grudge and victim role of like, this happened to me, poor me. I wanted to you know, move from that place into a happier, healthy state for my daughter, definitely. Mm -hmm. So she could see that example, but just for myself and what I wanted for my own future, parenting aside. So I think the choice to forgive was the only option 
Otherwise, I would have just really stayed in a toxic place mm-hmm. of bitterness and anger. You know, I think something that you said, and, and we might have even talked about this the last time you were on, I think you can't underestimate the example that you're setting for your daughter, too. And, you know, it like it is her dad, and, and it's just – it's such a gift that you're able to – not make it a stressful experience for her. And, and you know, this is kind of the lens that you have shown her what her family dynamic looks like. And it's it's such a gift to her. It's really amazing. Right. And you have to look at it in terms of anything you want to model for your child, regardless of the situation. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to model forgiveness and respect and those things to your children and how you interact with other people. Right. And the situation doesn't always matter. It's like those are the, you know, core beliefs that you want to model to your right. children. So that definitely helped in the motivation for how the process went down of forgiving and moving on. Right. So that being said, I mean, you're like a hero in that way because <laughs> I know that it has to be really, really hard, especially before, you know, you had your son and and your life really fell into place. Like it it had to hurt all the time. And I'm sure that even now when you've got this beautiful life and this blossoming business and everything is going really well for you, there still have to be times where it hurts and you feel like they owe you something because of what had happened in the past. So in those moments that I think so many of our listeners can really relate to, what do you do or how do you resist the urge to let the past influence the dynamic that you guys all have today? Well, it is very hard at times. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie or sugarcoat that. Right. As a parent, sharing your child is not really something that like you went into parenthood ever expecting. So that piece in and of itself is a hard and sad part of divorce. And then when you add in, you know, okay, well, this hasn't always been my favorite person in the world to share her with. It sometimes will just add that extra like salt to the right, like a twist of the knife. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. But you know, present day, and this is like where I have to keep my focus really in order to not go into the dark place of our past. And um, present day, they are extremely loving to my daughter, and they're a huge part of her life. And I always focus on that because I turn it around thinking how awful it would be if my ex had met a new wife and she didn't care for my daughter or she wasn't nice to my daughter. I mean, that would be worse than what we have right here, which is, you know, four parents Mm -hmm. who all are super involved and all love and encourage our daughter as much as we can. So that helps me. I try to, you know, flip it around and think about how fortunate we are that, you know, my daughter, for one, loves her dad and stepmom, mm-hmm. loves them, adores them, loves her time with them, and they just have a great relationship with her. And so that really helps me to not think about the past and stay focused on our present day. When things come up that are either a trigger for me or just bring up 
that emotion from the past, mm-hmm. I either communicate it with a therapist or a friend, or I just handle it in a way that is not in our co-parent union that affects our daughter. You know, I just keep mm-hmm. it outside of anything that would affect or phase my daughter. Yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting because you were talking about not letting the past make it into the present, but you also talked about that moment when you realize this woman is really going to be around, like she's here. She's not just, you know, a supporting character in my story. She's like a big part of his story. And now my child's story, you were talking about how you thought about the future. And so it's like we're talking about past, present, and future. And that's really, I think, the challenge that people face is that those are all with you all the time, but it's just sort of like where you put your energy. And I think that you're such an amazing example of how, you know, you can control so much of that. And that's really wonderful. Well, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) When When you were on before, we talked a lot about your first marriage and how it ended and ended again and like all of the the therapy and everything. Mm -hmm. And then – and we did, of course, get the amazing setup by your ex-in-laws at a country music bar, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is, you know, my favorite story. That and the laundry story. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But we didn't talk about sort of like the moment between the end of your marriage and meeting your current husband. And one of the things that we hear a lot about from, you know, people who follow us on Instagram and people who are in our Facebook group and people who are interacting with us is this, this sort of reluctance to embrace love again or feeling like, they don't want to, or they're scared they never will. Did you have those moments when you found yourself as a a young single mom? What were you thinking about? Well, I definitely took some time. As I I call it, I was like, I was obnoxiously single. Like I just, I didn't, I I didn't want the phone numbers. I didn't want the setups. Mm -hmm. I didn't go online and dabble in that. Mind you, the divorce was still processing. It, It wasn't final. Mm-hmm. at this point but i just spent that entire season just single to the max like only focused on myself and my daughter and my healing and self improvement and making sure that i was whole again right so that when i was ready to meet someone of quality that i would be in a good place I definitely wanted to find love again, but I wasn't really in a hurry. And I felt content with my life on my own, with my daughter and my friendships. Dating wasn't a huge priority after my divorce was final. And, you know, now you've got this, you have a great husband and you have a perfect little boy and you've got this great life together. I mean, is that something that you had thought about wanting more kids or thinking about sort of what your family would look like for the rest of your life? Or were you truly content with the two of you and and it came when it came? Well, I love the idea, of course, of sharing my life with someone and mm-hmm. being in love and getting remarried. I definitely wanted more kids after my divorce, but there is that guarded part of me that had to accept it may not be in the cards, right? just depending on when I met someone, what their family looked like, if they had their own kids. There were just a lot of factors. And sometimes 
I look at my current family and I and just like cry tears of gratitude because Aww. I'm so blessed with just an amazing husband and now our little baby. And it's crazy to think about those times when you're like, oh my gosh, I never really knew that this was going to be my future. It yeah. just, it was uncertain. And it is after divorce, your whole life is just, it's uncertain in like the best ways because you can start fresh, but it's also scary. Right. And you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Right. Well, I think, you know, being able to put in the time to take care of yourself and take care of your child and understand that, you know, what's going to happen relies so heavily on what you decide you're worthy of and what is worthy of you. And I think focusing on yourself and we talked a lot about, you know, all the different therapy and the way that religion played into things for you and all the different the different ways that you find self-care in your life. I think allows you to be ready for that kind of happiness. And and I think it's pretty amazing how things worked out for you. And it, it's just, it really is a happy, I don't want to say ending because we're right in the middle of your story, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a happy life. And, you know, you, you show that it, it's not a passive thing. I mean, you have to, every day you have to choose to forgive. You have to choose to think about your child and what's going to make you the happiest. And you're really able to manifest that for yourself. And, and I think it's really amazing. And it definitely took the work before to find the love that I have now. And right. I think that's important because you attract the type of people that you yourself kind of put out there. Right. So if you are really driven or value yourself or think that being this best version of yourself is your top priority, you will attract those type of men as well. Right. And that they want the same thing for their life. And I think that's important because I feel like my standards when I came out of my divorce were just like as high as can be. Like, I just was like, I don't think I'll meet someone that I can really check all those boxes off. And the night I met my husband, he calls it like the interrogation. Cause <laughs> I just was like, okay, I'm not going to like waste any time. So unless you are, you know, this, that, and the other, and I have right. a daughter and I like just gave him the whole spiel because I didn't want to waste time with someone that was not a quality man. Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, you put your expectations out there and they were met, which is the best. (laughs) So I I want to know, you know, for someone who I think like it's great that your first instinct was to think about, you know, what do I need? What does my daughter need? And just sort of look inward and not focus on the things that were not a part of your life at the time. It it made your life, you know, desirable and, and full and that attracts a partner also. And maybe that's that's the advice that you would give to someone. But I think a lot of people after this kind of traumatic end to a relationship, especially with infidelity like you had experienced, it's it's not easy to get into that headspace. And so what would you say to someone who's listening that she's been swiping and dealing with a bunch of idiots on the apps and everyone who she meets is a loser and guys are, you know, not being respectful and and all of the stuff that we know is like abundant in the dating world. What would you tell someone who who hasn't gotten to her happy second chapter yet? 
Well, I think it's sometimes super hard to even believe that you'll find love again when you're in the thick of a divorce Mm -hmm. or when you try to move on because, you know, people don't get married by accident. So at one time there were two people deeply in love and it's hard to think that you will find that again. Right. And when I think about being in that place, which was soon after we filed for a divorce, it's almost comical because of how much I can't imagine my life with anyone other than my husband right now. So right. it's just, I think your mind shifts when you actually see it play out and when you meet someone that's worth sharing your life with. But until you meet someone that really falls into that role, I just don't think that it is even worth your time. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think knowing your core values and then just trying to match them with someone that you are dating or want to date is huge and just not settling, especially after going through the trauma that a divorce can bring. I was like, I don't need any more, (laughs) any more of that pain, you know, like you just have to really keep your eyes open and like get take the rose colored glasses off like keep a lookout for those red flags yeah i think like even the strongest of women you know we we have such good intentions and we are so accommodating and i think that's kind of what you mean about these these rose colored glasses that it's like if you not just like go in with your values and look for someone who matches like really really know your values and decide you're not going to compromise because it can be really easy to say like, oh, well, this is going to get better. Oh, that's going to change. But I think that, you know, you're saying like, especially after the pain of a divorce, it's like, know what you deserve and don't settle for less. Yes. A hundred (laughs) percent. Preach it all day long. (laughs) So, okay. On that note, I think we will take a quick break and then we're going to come back We're going to talk about how best case scenario, you find an amazing guy and, you know, your ex is not bothering you too much because he's also in love with somebody and he's got his life. And now you have a child together and you're going to have to figure out how to work together. I think, what did you say before? They're going to be around forever or a really, really long time. (laughs) So (laughs) best case scenario, you still have a a pretty major challenge ahead of you. And when we come back, Lauren is going to tell us how she makes it work. So we'll be right back with Lauren. (laughs) Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Lauren and Lauren, I'm ready to really dive into the co-parenting. So I want to start, you had told me that communication is number one. So what is communication in your co-parenting setup? Well, we talk about pretty much everything that has to do with our daughter. So we have a group text where we discuss behavior issues, 
things that happened at school, good and bad, discipline, tactics, exciting parts of her day, pictures, videos, pretty much anything that all of us would care to know about her day-to-day is in that group text. That's so cool. So it's it's the four of you in the group text, and the group text is like the modern-day kitchen table, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for sure. And it just keeps all of us on the same page, you know, um, with routines and across both households. Obviously, we have different parenting styles as like any mom and dad would in a family where the parents aren't divorced. You know, it's personality and parenting styles are different, but we just try and keep her expectations the same across the board. So she knows that she, you know, can't get away with that at this house, can't get away with it at the other house. (laughs) Yeah. It's like mom, dad, and bonus mom and bonus dad are all on a team. (laughs) And so she can't play you against each other. We actually had matching shirts made for her soccer season last year. Oh, I saw this on Instagram and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And it just says team sweetie because that's what we call our, our sweetie. And so we had the matching shirts and we had her number on the back and we We're just one big happy family. You know, I'm just thinking from a child's perspective, you know, you hear all these stories about, you know, what kids say at school and stuff. And I'm just imagining a kid with two happily married parents being jealous of your daughter who had four adults and matching sweetie (laughs) t-shirts at her soccer game. And the extended family. It's like our cheering section for her is unreal because it's my husband's family and then my family, my ex's family. Right. And then it's just like the whole, whole fam family. We're all together. Oh, it's really nice. And, you know, I love that you say bonus mom. It's like bonus love. And the more people that love your kid, the better things are. So it's great that you guys are really able to build that sort of environment for her. Now, I want to know, your husband has not been married before. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And so what is this like for him being around your ex-husband all the time? Well, He is like the most patient and saint-like man I know, my husband. Uh So (laughs) he doesn't ever complain. I mean, if there are things that come up, we all kind of just discuss them as adults. But he does not complain, does not talk negatively about my ex, encourages and loves our daughter like Uh she's his own. I mean... He's been in our daughter's life for right around three years now, uh-huh. and their relationship has definitely developed naturally. It was not an overnight thing, and it it's not it's still not easy. We always say he was kind of last to the party because my ex and his wife were together long before right. I met my husband. Right. So in my daughter's world, they always existed together. And then it was her and mommy. That's so interesting. So it's hard for her to understand. She was three when she met my husband. Just like, wait, why why do we need one more person? (laughs) Like, why isn't it just me and mommy forever? (laughs) Yeah. But he like totally jumped into the role. He's like all in. And I think that was such a huge factor of what I was looking for. I didn't want someone who was just going to tolerate my daughter. I wanted someone who 
desired that relationship and who desired to be a parent to her. Mm-hmm. And he does an amazing job of not stepping on toes. Like mm-hmm. he knows that he's not there to replace her daddy and right. he doesn't try to. But my ex also encourages her to be respectful of him and he encourages their relationship as well. That's great. So it's pretty much everyone on the same page in terms of just the respect that she needs to show to her parents, but also not forcing something before it kind of organically happens, if that makes sense. Right. So, I mean, it sounds like he has really taken the same approach to all of this that you have of like, you know, what's going to be best for me, what's going to be best for us and and our daughter and now your son also. And it's an amazing thing that you guys are really all in that space together. And and we know like a lot of our listeners don't necessarily have that same experience. And and I'm sure that even in your, you know, almost, I would say, good as possible situation, um, <laughs> there are tough moments. So I'm wondering what kind of advice you would give someone who who finds that co-parenting with their ex and, you know, whether it's a group text or a soccer game or a holiday or whatever, you know, whatever the split is, that it they find that co-parenting is is sometimes a strain on their relationship or maybe it's not about the parenting so much as just like the ex being around. Like what kinds of tips would you give to someone who is faced with that kind of situation? I would say just keeping it about the child, like keeping that the focus and letting all conversation, all interactions be based around that. Like not bringing up anything that's happened in the past or memories from the past, just keeping it very like business-like in a sense Mm -hmm. and just focused on the best interest of the child and, you know, the funny thing she said the other day or how much we love this part of her personality or just the things that we can all bond over in a positive light Mm -hmm. in terms of our daughter and not like what has gone down in the past because that's not going to bring any warm and fuzzies to any of the four of us. So, (laughs) you know, not talking and dwelling on the things that kind of got you here Mm -hmm. is the best advice I have. And trying to keep your emotions out of it. Like I said, it's, if you, Think about and talk about things in a very practical sense in terms of what's best for our child, you know, how she responded to this situation, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do about this behavior, and keeping it very focused on the child because that's your common interest and that's the little human that you're raising and that you want to be you know, the best she can be. No, I think that's great advice that even when the argument isn't about the kid, it's always about the kid and and what you do and how you respond and and your actions should always be about the kid. That helps. I think that really helps to channel things in, in sort of a productive place. And you, so you were talking about kind of keeping things practical and I wanna know, like I wanna know the practical ways that you guys co-parent. So let's, let's, kind of unpack all of this? Do you guys have a calendar? When is she where? Who does pickup? How does it work? (laughs) Yes. So we do have a shared calendar that we'll put 
like doctor's appointments or play dates uh-huh. or summer camps, you know, just any of the big things. Or if we're going out of town and it conflicts with the part of the week that we typically have her, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're really flexible with each other, but at the same time, our schedule is super consistent. So mm-hmm. we split our week up. She is with her dad and stepmom from Sunday afternoon till Wednesday morning. And she's with my husband and I from Wednesday afternoon till Sunday morning. We didn't like the every other weekend or every other week Uh thing because none of us like going a long stretch without seeing her. Right. We miss her. We, we miss her in our family and our house. So we just split the week. And we're at a 60-40 agreement right now, I believe, uh, uh-huh. legally on paper. I think that's where we'll stay because we both sets of parents do feel like we get enough time yeah. with her. And we schedule our work schedules also around when she'll be with us. It's great. You probably have like what? Like you know that you've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday after school. <laughs> It's consistent. It's mm-hmm. not like this week it's me, this week it's you. It's you know what's coming every week. Right. And I think that helps her a lot too in the adjustment. Right. Wednesday is always a hard day for her because she's going from house to house. And we have just accepted it. And it. we know that if she acts a certain way, she can't get away with whatever she wants. But if she acts a certain <laughs> way, we'll sometimes... Just give her that extra grace, knowing that, yeah. like, she's adjusting. It's and- compassionate Wednesdays. Yes. <laughs> those, are, those are our Wednesdays. <laughs> so, and it's fun because she does love both houses mm-hmm. and for different reasons. Like, we each kind of have our own routines and just traditions that happen in each household that are separate mm-hmm. and she and they're different and she loves them both so it provides her with a like well-rounded just week in general yeah. and then do you guys use any of those co-parenting apps or like do you keep a family calendar on google or what do you guys do i think the one that we use is called shared cal oh okay shared cal shared cal and that's more for big things like parent teacher conference or her winter break or, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But in terms of our day-to-day, it's just that schedule each week, unless there's some blaring, like, vacation or Mm -hmm. work Something out of the ordinary. Yeah. Right. And typically, we are very flexible of just, like, sure, we'll take her an extra day or can you have her on this day instead? And we're, we always joke because we each are just like greedy with our time with her. Like, we're like, oh, we'll have her one more day. Sure. Like, sounds great. That's <laughs> cute. We're always happy to just help each other. Yeah, that's great. And then there's like the bigger things. You've got like holidays and birthdays. Like, how do you, how does that all work out with you guys? So holidays, we do split up as evenly as we can. That is obviously just like I was saying before of sharing your child just gets sad sometimes Mm -hmm. and that's inevitable, but we just split the holidays up as evenly as we can. This coming Christmas will be the first Christmas morning that she will wake up at their house. She's 
always celebrated Christmas and woke up at our house or Mm -hmm. my house. So that will be different, but she's excited, obviously. And then we still say, you know, well, Santa came to our house too. And so then when she comes back, it's still going to be all like ready for her Uh as if it was Christmas morning. So we find our ways to just celebrate with her, even if it's not the exact day of the holiday. And we just do our best and we FaceTime, like, especially big things like Christmas, like, what did Santa bring you? Or, oh, yeah. We're always just including each other in the big moments that we miss at times. Mm -hmm. In terms of her birthday, yeah. We are all at the birthday party and we all host it together. So last year it was at my house and she, we had a like little jump house and pizza and the works, but we were all there and it was just, you know, her little fan club and all of her friends. Oh, that's so cute. Her fan club. (laughs) And then what about like stuff that's heavier? I mentioned already that we had talked a little bit about how your religious community and, and your faith is a big part of your life. Are the four of you on the same page about that? Do you belong to the same church? How do you how do you guys make that work? For the most part, we are on the same page in terms of religious beliefs. My husband and I always have her on Sunday mornings, and that's part of our agreement because we go to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. and that was something I wanted to be part of her life, and she's involved with her Sunday school. And her dad definitely supports and encourages this and wants that for her. Anytime she kind of questions like, well, you know, what does so-and-so believe or what is this? I always remind her that, you know, daddy and I, when we had you, we decided to baptize you. And this was the way we were going to raise you. And that is our decision you know, still today. So Uh I just try and remind her of like what we decided when we were married and what we decided, you know, for her. Cause she'll sometimes say, well, why do you, we go to church every Sunday and they don't go to church every Sunday or, you know, things come up and she's just asking. And so I'll, you know, more or less just bring it back to, this is the way that we all decided to raise you. And, you know, when you're older, you can think or believe different things that you want to believe. You know, I just try to give her the freedom, but just also remind her that this is what our family decided for her. Right. And it's also nice. I think, you know, I know faith is so important to you and, and also to a lot of our listeners and to some people, you know, not having faith be a part of their child's life is important to them. And it's just, it's such a personal thing. And I think it can be really hard for mm. people when, you know, homes are doing different things. And like, it's pretty clear from what you were saying that she notices that things are a little bit different at mommy's house than they are at daddy's house and daddy's not at church. And, you know, but it's good, I think, for your kids to to be able to have people who they love in their lives that are doing things differently. And it kind of reinforces the idea to them that people do things differently and 
everyone can, you know, it's their business and it's their choice. And it's it's like a nice sort of like a maybe a nice silver lining because I think kids tend to sort of, you know, we talk about echo chambers that we all have created for ourselves online. Kids are are like only exposed to what their families expose them to. And so when you're your family expands in that way and it's difficult it can it can help i think to look at it from that perspective of building understanding in your children absolutely and we even look at it in terms of each one of us personally and what we can bring to the table mm-hmm. in terms of teaching her you know we all have different interests and personalities and career paths and we think of it like wow this is so neat that we are exposing her to, you know, four different sometimes parenting styles or just personalities or um, skills or hobbies, you know, and it really is neat that, you know, maybe there is a conversation, you know, that I can have with her better than her dad or vice Mm -hmm. versa. And it just how we relate to her can all be different in a good way though. Right. And I think that's one of those things as a parent and as a mom, I've really had to just swallow my pride and let go of the notion that I am the only one who can parent my daughter well. Yeah. That's and I think a lot. that's a huge, that was like a huge lesson for me was just, you know what? They can also teach and parent her in these ways and letting other adults have that strong, positive influence in your child's life is a huge lesson. I mean, divorced or not divorced, just in general, Mm -hmm. teaching your kids that they can learn from other adults that aren't their parents is a huge deal. And I think it's really important. I totally agree with you. And I think it's an amazing thing to be able to find value in other people and in other ways. And, And I'm sure it's not easy thinking about your daughter and and how you're not like in control of shaping her her identity and everything but the truth is that like you're not really in control anyway she's going to be who she wants to be and she'll make her own decisions and it kind of goes back to what we were saying before about how you know if you can think about it as like how however much love a child has in their life it's better and sort of look at it from that angle i think it makes it a little bit easier absolutely and then another question that I have about some of this like really big stuff. I mean, one day your brilliant little angel is going to go to college and (laughs) there's all kinds of other, you know, like long-term planning. How do you guys work that stuff out? Well, we both have financial savings planned for her future Mm -hmm. separate in each household. Mm -hmm. I am very fortunate in that my ex has never once missed a child support payment or ever shortchanged our daughter in Mm -hmm. terms of his financial contribution. And I know this is not the case for so many women and that just breaks my heart. Right. But I always like to share that because it is a really big piece and it is something that I don't take for granted and just that I am thankful for because I know it sadly is not the norm. And I know it's a sacrifice, you know, on his end, but it's for her best interest, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, it's not like we necessarily share like 
our financial plans with each other, but Mm -hmm. it's just that we know there that we both have something in place for her future. Mm -hmm. And that has been decided and discussed. And that's where we leave it because, you know, money is one of those things that we don't like to talk about, you know, with friends and family. So, and we do split all of her extracurricular activities as well, the Mm -hmm. cost of that. So we keep things pretty even Steven in terms of, okay, this is how much school supplies cost, or this is Mm -hmm. how much gymnastics is. And we were pretty good about just keeping that dialogue open over what was spent, even with like birthday presents or just any financial piece that involves her. We are open about and we share. I will say that's something that's between myself and my ex-husband. So there are certain things that I would say 95% of the things we all four discuss, but there are some things like, you know, the financial piece or religion, those conversations typically take place between my ex-husband and I. Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing that you, you guys are, are able to do that in such a productive way. And she's so clearly cared for and planned for and it, and it, I just imagine that, you know, you guys are working on these different savings for her tuition and you're paying for her (laughs) extracurricular activities together and and you're building her into someone who's going to be successful because of what you provided for her and because of how supportive you were of her together. And it's a really amazing thing. So I I actually want to know how she feels about all of this. I mean, we talked a little bit about how when your husband came into the picture, he was, you know, received differently because she was a little bit more cognitive, I guess, um, than when her stepmom came into her life. So what does she think about this family that she's in, and and how do you guys explain it to her? Well, in recent years, probably since she's been school age, mm-hmm. she'll express that she wishes that her mommy and daddy never got divorced or that she wants to just have one house and not two. And that has been pretty heartbreaking for me because I thought that since everything happened when she was so young, I would get to kind of like skip over this part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I always just affirm how she feels, right. saying that divorce can be really sad. And I understand why she feels the way she does. I don't want to sugarcoat things that she's attaching real emotion to that Mm -hmm. are actually sad. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's really helpful for her. I want her to know that her feelings are valid. So I just really affirm her and let her be sad. Then I also, like we've discussed, I just encourage her to look at how lucky she is to have four parents who love her and just like how much fun she has doing this with those parents and this with us. And, you know, I just try to show her the upsides of our family dynamic. Do you think about what it's going to be like when she's older and I don't know if she'll read your book or, or, you know, I'm sure she'll learn more things about, about sort of her very, very early life when your family kind of 
reorganized. I mean, what do you think about what it'll be like talking about it with her when she's older? I do. My ex-husband has always said that, you know, he will communicate with her about how wrong everything was that transpired. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for that because, you know, people make mistakes and all you can really hope for is that they own up to the fact that it was a mistake and it was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I want her to know right from wrong and I want her to see, you know, what happened wasn't an ideal situation, but look at how we've all picked up the pieces and moved on. So because of how much she adores her dad, I, I'm all a little nervous of when she finds out what happened, but I just have to, you know, take it a day at a time. Mm -hmm. And hopefully she will be open with how she feels once, when, and if she finds everything out, I don't know. We're, you know, yeah, you can't know until you get there. Right. Yeah. And sometimes those details aren't important to kids and they, they remember their life. Like this was always her life. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not sure how that will all go down, but I just pray she's protected from whatever pain would come up because of the story. Well, I can certainly tell you that, you know, again, we're in the middle of your story, not the end, but we know that at least the book ends (laughs) with a a pretty uplifting (laughs) message. And I think that you and your ex and both of your spouses are modeling such positive behavior and forgiveness is so obviously a central part of, of how you approach your relationship with her father. And and I think, you know, of course, like we said, even in the best case scenario, there's still challenges, but she has a pretty amazing, strong woman who's setting an example for her. So I'm sure she's going to be just just fine. <laughs> That's the plan. (laughs) That's the plan. (laughs) So before I let you go, this is one of my favorite things that you say. Divorce doesn't end family life. It reorganizes it. So before we let you go, tell us a little bit about what that means to you. And if you have anything you want to add to our audience, it's a great time to do so. Okay. I Well, I just feel like children of divorce always have such this like downer stigma Mm -hmm. of what their family life now looks like, everything being split apart. And I've always wanted to counteract that stereotype because our family unit is, like I said, now made up of four parents who love our daughter and who are showing her all of these different skills and passions and parts of who we are and teaching her in a way that two parents sometimes couldn't. And we just really keep our focus and love to communicate that the more love in a family, the better. And it does not have to be this huge division. We can be one united family, Mm -hmm. even though our daughter's parents are divorced. And I think just keeping that the focus, keeping that uh, united front for your children, the main focus, even if the marriage 
ended in divorce, that united front as parents does not have to end. And I just think that is the most important thing we should all keep at the forefront of our minds and in how we raise our kids. It is such good advice. And I think it, it really is like the core of, you know, your message and what you're doing. And I know it's such an inspiration to people. So for for our listeners who aren't already connected with you, why don't you tell us where they can find you? Sure. I am Elsie McKinley on Instagram. And our blog and Facebook group is Her Soul Repair. And then Stop Wrecking My Home, How to Come Out of a Broken Marriage in One Piece. It's available for purchase on Amazon. And if you find her on Instagram, you're going to see the cutest pictures of her with this book. She's, she's, you'll see, you can see the soccer game. You can see the happy blended family. It's it's a, a lot of wonderful stuff. And we're so happy to have you on. We'll make sure to link to your channels at worthy.com slash podcast too. And thank you for joining us. We can't wait to have you back for a third time. (laughs) Thank you, Audrey. This was awesome. Thanks again to Lauren for joining us and to all of you for listening. We wanted to remind you guys to join our Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce. We are so blown away by the conversations going on in this group, and we want to make sure that you're a part of what's shaping the topics that we're featuring here. It's a great way to interact with our blog and learn more about our platform, so we hope to see you there soon. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how much you want to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. Go to worthy.com podcast to learn more.